0: Today on our show, we're returning to the vault. That's right, y'all! To do one of the favorite topics around this joint, the top ten last ten. Let's go, Polly. <coughs>
1: Welcome to episode
0: 419 of the Countdown Podcast. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. Welcome to the podcast. We count down stuff in order of awesomeness so you don't have to. And for those of you who've been around for a long time, you know that every 10 to 12 to 15 episodes, we trot this one out, this topic. The top 10 last 10, that hasn't changed, when we change from not just doing film and television. We like this one. It allows us to give you a catch-up on everything that we've been watching. And Wayne, as a general summation of your list this time around... What have you been watching? Has it been good, bad, or indifferent?
1: Mm, I think I start recommending up around the threes.
0: So your usual shit house choice. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, this is the for your information, folks. Little peek behind the curtain. Every time we do one of these, I'm like, nah, I'm sure I'll have watched ten by then. And then, of course, I spend that entire weekend watching movies like a whore, going, "What? No? Exactly. So, no, because like on. I'm not a limo
0: who does shit like <laughs> that. So, what up?
1: <laughs> but yes. So, you know, And it's not like
0: Wayne doesn't have weeks. We had this this Absolutely. one planned six weeks in advance. Wayne's like, oh, who's that over there? Maybe I can see that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in my defense, we watch movies every week. And, oh, we do. And, and then we I talk about them that week. So there's not a lot of time in between. Oh, I manage it just <laughs> fine. Yeah, fuck you. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this is a topic where we count down 10 of the recent films that we've watched but not talked about on the show before from worst to best. Letting you know where we cross that divide, in Wayne's case, at number three-ish. From things... That we would not recommend to things that we do recommend you go out and check out. Most deaf. And there's no other linking criteria. It comes from an idea from the Cine Realists podcast. Do check out those fine gentlemen where basically it's just the things we've watched. There's no genre, mm-hmm. there's no topic. It's just things we have. Gives you some ideas what? on what to watch and not watch, hopefully. That's the topic. That's the preamble. Let's get into it on the side of this segment. We kicked off every show. It's called The Recount. Who wants a recount? Who? Who, 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 who wants a recap? Who, 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 who wants a recap? Who wants a recap? The recount's where we hear what you said this week, Paul. What's up? Well, we're going back to two weeks ago, episode 417, the top 10 list of cover songs. I remember this one. Over in the Facebook Listing if you need links in the show notes. Get involved to be able to vote on who had the superior list. We put it up. Most weeks, not every week. Some weeks don't lend themselves to it. But this one did. Here are some of the comments. Wayne, do you know the result? Have you seen it?
1: I saw the bar. I didn't look into it because it was so sad.
0: All right. Well, in that case, (laughs) the the, the bunny is out of the box. 35 votes to me, 14 to you. So not as big a shellacking as last week. Some of the comments from Stuart James have to go with Paul, purely for disturbed. But these music lists have revealed both of your interest in very average music. (laughs) (laughs)
1: See that's the thing about the music thing. By the way, I have always been berated for my taste in music, so I knew I'd lose this one. Well, but keep going.
0: John Amenta says Wayne spends a ton of time listening to music in a bath filled with rose petals, <laughs> surrounded by candles <laughs> with cucumber slices on his eyes. His choices tell me this. Uh, mate, you're <laughs> not wrong. I uh, yeah, I'm not the most masculine man. Let's face it. John from the Pint Comic Podcast, or oh, the Pint, sorry, as it's now known, do check out their show as well. Kia Crow said Wayne wins my vote by a Dixie Chicks landslide. Thank God for ladies like you. <laughs> Chef Ben Randall from the New podcast and patron to the show said, Fucking John Mayer? My yeah, vote he- goes to Paul this week. John Mayer is what happens when you accidentally bleach Dave Matthews 1998 Midwest to a t-shirt. <laughs> I know what he's talking about. And there was a lot of heat. But uh, John Mayer is the finest artist that ever lived. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything suitable up on the soundboard. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. You can insert your own noise there. Uh, Rob Walters said, initially I thought I should vote for Wayne because I do enjoy the John Mayer message in a bottle cover what up, and Weezer's Africa, but then I forgot about him having the Dixie Chicks and Paul having Disturbed doing Sounds of Science, so my vote changed. I'll take it. Yeah, okay. And lastly, Brad Hargis from the Simmer Guys podcast, do check them out as well, said Paul gets my vote for nine Nails and for dropping Orgy's cover of Blue Monday at number one. Their album, Candy House, is one of my favourites. Ironic. There you are, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Since I'm the candidate. Yeah, 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 I get, it. Yeah, I get, yeah, it. I get yeah. it. That's
0: all for this week's <laughs> recount. Uh, a victory to myself. We'll see whether, well, we don't do top 10 last in votes. And I think last week's conspiracy It's okay. Theory. The
1: season of Wayne is fucking over. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> now time to listen Vote for me. Vote for me what this fucking song is. I don't know what's
1: going on. All right.
0: <laughs> uh, what's the song? Dun, 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 uh, sounds
1: like Stand By Me from what you're doing.
0: Uh, I don't know. It's a song on the Conjuring trailer. Anyway, that's what I was going for. Sorry. Moving on. Let's just forget that last 30 seconds ever happened. Maybe it won't make the edit. We'll catch it's you. Is on one? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Please go on. She <laughs> got there in, in the end. Fantastic. Uh, let's get into it on the outside. This Music queue our top 10, or last 10. I'm not even sure what edition this one is. What are we going to call it? Who gives a Rats badge? Well, let's we go. have to call it something. The Theater is back edition. Sure. The um, ta- the theater is, back. is, back. <laughs> Addition, is yeah. the topic of this week's countdown. <podcast. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> it worked wonderfully. <laughs> uh, all right, well, why don't, I lead away yeah, Wayne this week? And boy, do I start with an absolute fucking turd of a film. Please go on. There's this little push at the moment that's starting to come through in the horror movie genre. Where they all shit? even <laughs> lower budgeted, an even more micro, if you want to call that, budgeted horror film, seem to suddenly be getting a lot of press amongst, I don't know, critics out are Not just the horror movie really? critics as well. And this is one of them. One of them's on The Shadow at the moment called Skinamarink, which I've heard naught but shit from anyone that I trust. Was so that a studio? No, Skinner Ring's a film. Oh. It's on Shudder's uh, streaming for just horror films, basically, even though they have, sometimes they branch out a little bit into thrillers and action and whatever else. Okay. So you can get it through Amazon Prime here. Ah, this one, however, is called The Outwaters, and I'm not sure. <laughs> that one's not there yet. This is found footage making every conceivable stupid mistake the genre, the subgenre makes mm-hmm. ever, and yet bafflingly it has this array. People either hate it, which is clearly where I fall, or I love it and I don't understand why. And it basically follows four, I guess they're friends, two brothers, a chick who's a singer and a makeup artist, and they're going to go out into the remote stretch of the Mojave Desert and they're okay. going to shoot this video clip of this song that she's so written. two guys, two girls? Yep. Boobs? <sighs> uh, yeah, but not in an attractive way enough, at right. all. Fair at right. all, let me just emphasize. <laughs> okay. And it's all, you know, handheld footage of them filming their conception of this. Oh, let's go do this. And so then the filming. whole thing is found footage. Yep. There's no cutaway to a... to, no. a, to It a... starts with like, you know, title cards saying, and then probably the best bit of the whole film. is It starts with the following discs were found on corpses in the Mojave Desert, uh, following um, memory discs, whatever. Body. Okay. And then at the same time, a call to 911 is picked up where the operator's going, where are you? And there's this this people shrieking and screaming and that's quite an effective opening okay okay that sets the scene There's gonna be some disturbing shit okay well it's disturbing if you like focused shots it's disturbing if you like things you can actually see happening and it's disturbing if you like you know things that are racked and held so that you can view what's going on so shaky cam you can't see a damn thing this is the worst if you think the Blair Witch Project was shaky cam central I've got news for you the outwaters shits all over that film the
1: thing Blair Witch was shaky cam, but it was suitably enough. So it wasn't like a Paul Greengrass film. It was like sort of <laughs> like you could sort of see this is goes. worse than Paul Greengrass. Oh, yeah, Fuck that.
0: exponentially so. And then it takes so there's 110 minutes. This movie, there's no business good God in anyone's universe where this film, this film should be 110 minutes. It should be 80 minutes tops, tops, man. And even then, it would be fucking stretching this premise thin. Shit goes south about halfway through through the film, and the first half is the better half, unbelievably, where we're just spending time and getting to know these four people because there's actual like workable footage. You can kind of see what yeah, sort you of, can yeah. see what's going on and blah blah blah. Once the shit goes south and it's just one dude running around and sh- screaming and whatever the background and just <laughs> camera, and then then it goes into this fucking weird ass kind of maybe there's wormholes and time dilation and shit like that going on as well, yeah. just to add some fucking extra shit to proceedings. And it's even dumber still. It's so bad, this movie. It's, you see barely nothing. At one point, which made me laugh so hard, yeah. there's these wormy snake-like things, and every time he focuses on it, they sort of scream, and they move exactly like someone's just got them on a piece of string. Mm-hmm. And like, It's so shit. So, How is this getting four-star reviews from anyone? So it is. So it's getting yes. some positive critical yep. reception. Because people who watch horror movies got issues, man. That's what it is. But, but I think it's the mainstream fucking media. You go, oh, this is really disturbing and uh, dark. It? Well, it's fucking dark because you can't see fucking anything. <laughs> Bandwagony, is it? Oh, it's so terrible. It's funny how the weird, like, the zeitgeist goes, hey, let's
1: just cotton onto this. And mm-hmm. then 17 critics were just like, I got nothing to write about.
0: I, I'm looking here. Just the, the, the friends, you know, the 900 or whatever people I follow on, on Letterboxd. Letterboxd. Three of them. Four stars, four and a half stars, four and a half stars, one star, one star. I'm even less than that. This is the worst film I've seen this year. It might make the 10 worst films that we've done in the history of the podcast. The Waters is a flat six out of 100. Wow. One half star. Fuck off, Robbie Banfitch. And if you're going to make a film, make one properly, you dickhead.
1: (laughs) Everyone, if you're uh,
0: being followed by Paul on Letterboxd and you gave this four stars, Paul thinks you're a dick. (laughs) (laughs) didn't say that because you got, you clearly saw something I didn't. I would love to hear from anyone who loved this movie. Like, tell me what it was that got under your skin or worked so well for you. I was just aghast at how appalling it was. I could give my daughter a camera and say, make something scary. And arguably, it bloody well would be. This is how I feel about every horror movie. So, <laughs> all right. Nice one. All right. Well, my number
1: 10, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is a movie starring Liam Neeson's cock. And it is called Marlowe. No, it's on the cinema release schedule. Did you is know? it? <laughs> yes. All right, well, obviously, I didn't see it in the cinema. Um, It is about... Okay, look, when I saw the trailer for this, I thought, great, because it is a period film. It is set in the late 1930s in Bay City, a brooding down-on-his-luck detective leibnison mm-hmm. is hired to find the ex-lover of a glamorous heiress it's your standard like gumshoe kind of i'm sitting in my office waiting for my arteries to harden kind of thing right yep. directed by Vo- neil jordan Oh, really who did you know vampire interview uh, with the vampire the crying game all that shit right
0: is is there voiceover narration is there voiceover narration this is not a hard question wait. yeah i'm trying to remember
1: <laughs> that's how little the movie affected me um no, it, it isn't. It isn't okay. Sam Spade. It isn't like okay. that. So that's, I guess, a thing. But it's got Liam Neeson, Diane Kruger, Jessica Lang. All right? So you would... a, that's a cast. No, it's a cast for sure. And you think to yourself, all right, well, let's have a look at this. Now, I will say this. It doesn't look terrible. It's quite nice. Like, the actual, like it looks a bit like LA Confidential. It's filmed like that with the people and the period characters quite bright. So okay. that's not terrible. But initially, it's just very quick scenes with a lot of information being thrown at you. Like, the whole movie is exposition. Characters are going blah, 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 and taking all this shit. Kind of too quick to follow in some cases, because it's just tons and tons of info. And even though it's nicely filmed, every scene is perfunctory and not particularly spectacular or cinematic. It's just kind of filmed. Mm. I don't even know what he was trying to do here, but it just is like dialogue-driven stuff, a a tiny bit of action here and there. And at the end, it just ends up being a confusing mess that left me feeling nothing. Like, I was going, this is completely bloated, confusing, kind of corny, emotionally bereft, and pointless. This is wow. a really boring-ass film. When's the last good thing Neeson did? It, <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while, right? So, like, none of it makes sense. So, it's just, like, a lot of people lighting each other's cigarettes and stuff like that and talking. <laughs> it's really shitty. I, I, I was going, like... After a while, I became mad. I was sitting yeah. there going... This is giving me the shits now. Can something happen? And then nothing happens. And I'm like, I don't care about anything. There's supposed to be sort of a tag at the end. Like, oh, here's a big reveal. It wasn't a big reveal. It's just a shit reveal. Yeah, okay. It's a shit. So yeah, uh, Marlow is Won't be
0: watching that one. Most deaths. is just low. Just and low. not much Mar. Not even mid. <laughs> low. Uh, yeah, there you are. All right. Thank you for the warning on that one. My number nine is... I don't know why anyone would say this. I don't, it's directed by... I'm going to feel like that. Guy, directed by a guy named Randall Emmett, who's... The only other film he's directed is called Midnight in the Switchgrass, which is famous for being the film where Megan Fox met Switchblade Kelly. You mean Machine Gun Kelly? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Switchga- oh, sorry, I just read Switchgrass. Please. Machine Gun Kelly, and they, they hooked up. It's also star- one of the last films starring Bruce Willis, where he's in his phase of not really being able to act for reasons we now understand. Right, right, right. Anyway, this film is called Savage Salvation, and <laughs> <laughs> boy, that's a winner. <laughs> The reason I watch this is because it stars Robert De Niro, John Malkovich. Oh. Right. What? So, okay. Yeah, yeah. And some guy named Jack Houston, who has been in like House of Gucci, American no, Hustle, Hail I Caesar, know, know. Antebellum. He was one of the asshole dudes in antebellum. Yep, yep, actually, so, yeah. you know, he's got a he's got a pedigree on yep. He's the main he's really the main character. And this is basically If you've seen the trailer, I'm going to tell you the trailer. Go on. Just tell you the trailer and then warn you about the film. I won't give spoilers away for the end, but dear God, you will know exactly what's going to happen in this movie. Mm -hmm. To a point. He, John Houston, is... Jack Houston, sorry. He's playing a guy named Shelby John. Okay. And he is a user. He's a drug addict and his girlfriend is also a drug addict and he gets out of... I don't think know if he gets out of prison or not, but anyway, they... Again, how much I paid attention early in this film. Yep. The trailer is... She dies of an overdose. Okay. And he decides, fuck this shit and goes after. Because they've decided to get clean together. Right. And he's doing that. The dealer tells her lies. It's all in the trailer. Mm. And so she, takes an o- she uses and overdoses accidentally and dies. Okay. So he decides, fuck this. I'm going to trace the drugs to their top. To the person who's behind all this. I'm going to kill every motherfucker along the way. Because okay. he's an ex-vet or something or other. He's, all right, all right. he's a dangerous dude. John Malkovich is a friend of the family and like head of a churchy thing which the chick is a member of, and Robert De Niro is the small town sheriff who's sheriff whatever is who's trying to Mm -hmm. yeah trying to stop this from getting any worse before it does get worse because he knows who it is is doing the killing. He's just trying to track him down and stop him from killing any more people, I guess, while understanding why he's doing what he's doing. Right, and secretly like being happy that he's doing it. That's the film. Hmm. This film is 101 minutes long. The years. first fifty minutes of it, she doesn't die until about the fifty-five minute mark of this movie.
1: But the trailer tells you immediately that she yeah, dies. She dies in the first. So 20. it's not a setup. That's actually an aspect. Oh my of, god! It all. is
0: indeterminately, painfully boring. And this guy, Randall Emmett, who I did a little bit of research on, apparently is a jackass of the highest order, just complete prick of a person. Yet he gets Bobby D and fucking John Malkovich to turn up. What's going on? He makes this directorial choice where any time something significant happens. He fades out the sound and puts up a song that's, that should be playing underneath it, but like what the over exemplifies what's going on. So it's like some dirgy kind of tragic love song when she dies, and an action sequence. It's not even like heart. It's just like uh, what the fuck? Yeah, like almost like a love song where he's shooting. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? He's attacking six dudes and he's wiping the floor with them, and then it's like, oh. is it diegetic sound? Is it like is it is, he, is no. it actually the no no? He's not listening to anything. So it's for us, yeah. This is shit. It is the worst directing choice I can think of in any film I've seen recently.
1: Can I assume this is one of those films where they give a pay packet to two very yep. famous actors and you do three days on set? Yeah. Are maybe... they in it a lot? I don't know. No, no, they're
0: absolutely not in it that much. Probably a bit more than three days, but I would say no more than a couple of weeks. This is, uh, you know, fly us out, put our family up in a great hotel nearby.
1: I've never heard of this film.
0: And it these two are in it. complete garbage and it ends exactly where you think it's going to end. At the moment she dies, I'm like, "Well, this is this and this and this," and you're 100% right.
1: Wow. Okay, that sounds like shit. Savage it's, salvation. Yeah. Absolute garbage. That's already shit. I'm like, what the fuck is that?
0: Yeah. There you okay. go. So when it when it goes wide, it's not going wide. This is going to be a straight to video <laughs> thing, which just disappears into the annals of history. It's fucked. <laughs>
1: I wonder what I often do myself,
0: if you're Bobby D and you've done all your good films oh, and all these things, it's it's tragic. Like, why not just get so paid every would, now and so then? Same with John Malkovich. Like, John Malkovich is a little bit different though. Are like, you really like those two can't get... John Malkovich is in my number eight as well. He's the only good thing about my number eight though. Okay. so right. Whereas here, he sucks. Everyone sucks in this movie. The direction sucks, the action sucks, the fucking soundtrack Definitely sucks. How so bad
1: it is. Those two are in it, and I've never heard of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that's the reason they're in it. So okay, all right. Well, uh, if you're wondering how bad my Marlowe number ten was, check out my number nine, which it you know, which is better than Marlowe. Yep, Murder Mystery Two.
0: Oh. <laughs> Now, now, my wife hated the first one and refuses to watch the second one with me.
1: Really? I would
0: have watched the second one because I didn't hate it. I think I got two and a half stars. I didn't
1: hate the first one either. There was a gag in the first one where Adam Sandler is basically making just dick jokes where he's like, you know, the, some really buff dude, he goes, I, I took his clothes and they fit me perfectly. little tight in the crotch if I'm honest. No, I'm kidding. He's got me beat. You know, that, those kind of gags are good. Murder Mystery 2 is basically Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, Melanie Laurent, Mark Strong, and some other people. And. They these two have now started their own private detective agency full time. Of course they have because right? they were so they competent. Have. Right, but to be fair, it is struggling. No one's hiring them. They think they're dickheads. So they get uh, they go to fucking they get invited by their rich friend who must have been in the first movie because they treat him like that. But I can't remember him. Mm-hmm. Who has this wicked like wedding? It's an Indian style wedding, but it's in like Paris. And they obviously someone gets murdered, and they are the only two detectives on the scene. So what up, right? Now, American I will tell sense. you these films are on Netflix just to go look, if you're doing nothing, why don't you check this out? Apparently this thing blew the box office like the, the, the absolutely was the a first huge one. This one has fucking nailed it. It's done really, um, it's done yep. really well. Actually, no, sorry. The first one was uh, no yeah, yeah, you're right. This one here is the number two most watched opening weekend for a comedy film. The film boasted over forty two million views and sixty four point four two hours
0: million hours viewed for the week of March. We would April. have to go to our friends at Netflix and Swill to know whether that actually is a good thing consider yeah, everything else or not. But uh, so check them out. I'm sure they'll talk about it in due course on their shelf. It really, really is a big hit.
1: Yes, and of course, 45% on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: So Ooh. it's not good, but it performed well.
1: And again, I would say it's actually a solidly enough fun watch. I will
0: say to you this. But this is I nine. F- it's not that bad. You're saying um, you're saying it's not that bad, but it's your nine.
1: No, but it's not anything I would recommend to anyone at all, ever. Don't watch this film, okay. all right? Okay. But Adam Sandler, for me, it makes me kind of go, ah, you know, he does all these piece of shit films. This one here, he's playing it with a wink and a nod and making enough jokes that it's like, eh, it's fine. It's fine. But uh, as a role, like, it's just, you know. Oh, by the way, Jennifer Aniston. I don't want to be this guy. But she's finally looking a bit
0: rough. Well, fair enough. She's What is she now? 58? I don't
1: know, but I, I, I can tell you this. I think she should have just not done any plastic surgery because it's just so obvious. And it's like, ugh. But anyway, that's me. You yeah, know, it
0: must be really hard, though, for people, exactly. particularly for women in Hollywood. Exactly. Because, you know, the Robert De Niro's and John Malkovich's of the world can, can age out into this kind of thing. But it, it, what's, Meryl Streep still has in prestige films or she ain't getting a gig.
1: But has she had any work done? I don't think no, no. My,
0: that's my point, though. Like, yeah. It's much harder to remain relevant, I think, for women. Absolutely. I would agree 100%. So so I say that we So they do what they can to retain that kind of leading lady look for as long as they can.
1: Sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm. Uh, It's just tough, that's all. So, yes, Murder Mystery 2 is my number nine. Don't watch it. (laughs) On the
0: same theme of Don't Watch It, my number eight is a film called Mind Cage.
1: Mind Cage. Mind Cage stars Martin Lawrence. Oh, shit. And you watched it. John Malkovich. I thought he gave up acting.
0: Well, apparently not.
1: Because Bad Boys 2, they had to talk him back out of retirement. Well, Bad Boys 3 Try is coming. Mean.
0: Uh, Bad Boys 4 is coming, I have I heard it announced, but not that okay. long ago.
1: I guess he has a host to buy.
0: And then the main character is arguably someone, an actor by the name of Melissa Roxburgh. Somehow this inexplicably has a lower scale rating than Savage Salvation. That's only because not many people have seen Savage Salvation sure. yet. This one doesn't have a lot of people seen it, but more. Mind Cage is basically a serial killer film, which right. really, really, really wants to be Silence of the Lambs. And instead, is shit. Okay, <laughs> and, what, and what is Martin Lawrence role? So, Martin Lawrence and Alyssa Roxburgh are a very unlikely detective pair. Are they actual police or just detectors? detectives? Detectives. Like okay. they're, 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 are they are They're just normal dete- So, five, they're, they're officially detectives, police. Detectives. Right, they're so. officially detectives. Martin Lawrence caught the artist, who was John Malkovich. And if there's a strength of this film, it's that the makeup department have gone absolutely out of this world and the, pro- the, the practical effects department because he murders... Women, yeah, and turns them into like these amazing works of art. Really? So how? Like, does he put them? So, up? yeah, so bloody wings on them, oh. like angels, and colors their skin with paint or whatever, wow. whatever it is. And it's disturbing, like how detailed it is. And when they reveal some of the bodies in this, like, whoa, that's they've gone the extra mile in that department. So okay. that's the one tick to the film. Fine, but Martin Lawrence caught him a bunch of years ago. Suddenly, someone starts killing. Copycatting. Again, a copycat. Right. Got it. And so Melissa Roxburgh's character is Martin Lawrence's partner mm-hmm. in terms of their professional, they're both detectives. Yep. The artist, who's John Malkovich, won't talk to Martin Lawrence because Martin Lawrence Caught put him. him away. Yep. But he might talk to an attractive young woman. Right. <laughs> a la Jodie Foster. Oh. So it is just absolutely. Oh. It's like Silence of the Lambs Meet Seven with none of the effect <laughs> of, of either. The only person who gets. I mean, Martin Lawrence is a terrible actor.
1: Okay, so let me ask he's you. He's so bad is he?
0: and he's horrendous in this. This is a serious role, right? Yeah. He is god awful. Can in this I movie. ask you,
1: has he dropped any weight? No. Oh.
0: John Malkovich, he's the only person who gets the film he's in. He's so over the top and ridiculous in his role. He's genuinely entertaining at times. Mm when he's in his prison cell and he's being interviewed by okay. this, this other character. Yeah. The reveal of what is happening in this movie will absolutely make your jaw drop. Not because in, it's clever yeah, and not because it's cool but yeah. because it might be the dumbest twist in movie fucking history.
1: I so want you to tell me but I know we can't. I'm so not going to tell you. I don't <laughs> want to ruin it. What's the movie it's called again? It's
0: almost worth watching just for that. All right, what's and the if called you can work it out, my, more power to it. It's called Mind Cage. <laughs> Mind Cage. With the stupidest twist ever. Yep. Now, I've said that, so you might guess it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't go into this film knowing there was going to be a really ridiculously dumb twist. So, uh... it is... It's absolutely on this sort of level of the room bad. Oh, shit. So, that kind of ill cooked okay. film. Whereas, Salvage Salvation is just a complete and utter misfire. And The Outwaters is just garbage. That's why it's slightly... But still, this is a one-star movie. And... <laughs> No, almost no one said this, but those who have one star, one star, one star. Oh, God.
1: Bloody hell. I amazing amazed to come back out of retirement to do that. <sighs> Again, he's got a house to buy. Yeah. All right. Kids uh, to put through college, that's man. That's what it is, man. Kids are expensive. Grandkids to support. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice one. Uh, my number eight. Now, this is, I can say this with 100% conviction. This is the exact movie Paul should always watch. <laughs> it's called Die Hard. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> First, take a big step back and literally... Fuck your own face! Okay, so obviously, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you've heard of this. I remember hearing of it and then I saw it on Amazon Prime. I'm like, oh, fuck off. Is that out? I'm definitely watching that shit. It has got Kevin Hart, Paul's favorite actor, playing Kevin himself. Kevin Hart,
0: the only man who can make Martin Lawrence seem like a good actor. That's
1: You know what? I, when you said Martin Lawrence, I was like, oh, this is a great follow-on, kind of, right? Uh, Kevin Hart playing himself. Uh, the movie also has John Travolta... That chick from Game of Thrones, who was Daenerys' translator, don't know. Her John Travolta, the only man can make John
0: Malkovich seem like a good actor, still.
1: Well, I got something to tell you about this, and surprisingly, Josh Hartnett is in this. Okay, uh, so now he's so Kevin Hart is playing himself on on movies, and and he's doing the you know the, the morning talk show circuit, and he's actually ah, making. Wow. Yeah, no, no, no. this is the thing. He's actually making jokes about how he's, yes, I'm in another movie with The Rock, and The Rock is saving people, and I'm doing comedy relief. And the idea here is that they're all giving him shit, and he starts to get pissed off and wants to be taken seriously as an action star. Bullshit. I uh, know. Uh, but that is the premise of the film. So he then gets this famous director, who is played by Jean Reno. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. That's actually not bad, right? Who's like this, like he's a famous action director and he finally gives him a call and says, Kevin, I'm trying to do this Look movie this which is, is a different. Yeah, Luke Besson. He's trying to do he's trying to do this thing where he's like, I'm trying to do a different type of action movie where the where the action is as real as possible. So in order to be in this, he offers it to him, but you gotta go to this action hero school that's run by John Travolta. And that's out in the woods. John Travolta playing John Travolta? No. John right. Travolta is playing a character, right? And <laughs> I'm not going to... Uh, uh, right. Well, so it's number eight. It's number eight. Right? It's a piece of shit. I'm not going to recommend it, and I'm not saying it's at all a good film, but I will tell you this. This is why it's eight, not ten. It had four LOL moments in it. Okay. Right? Four is not bad. Not film. good. No, it's not good, but it's like, you know, it gives it number eight, right? It gets it to number eight. The only interesting thing about it is that Kevin Hart is actually calling out how he's like, his, his catchphrase, Hell now! You know shit like that, so he's sort of poking fun at himself. there is at least some funny shit going on here again, don't go watch it don't go thinking I'm recommending it at all. but as far as streaming Kevin Hart films go, this is better than his normal fare. this is better than his
0: better than the man from Toronto
1: yes yes much <laughs> much better than the man from shit I don't know actually it's slightly better than the man from... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So uh, yes, die heart I mean I guess. I guess that's a funny title. It's better than Savage Erection or whatever you want. Savage Salvation. Yeah, that was... Savage, savage Erection. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: state of Wayne's penis. <laughs> this weekend.
1: Well, less and less as I age. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: my number seven. Here's where I probably start recommending, if I'm really honest. This doesn't do anything great, this movie. Go on. But it doesn't do anything wrong either. Sure. And it's a film you can watch with the whole family. Uh, the Unrepugnant Vote. Go on. Yeah. It's We Have a Ghost, which was out on Netflix <laughs> not long ago. <laughs> That's my number six. Okay. So I'm recommending it, but you don't recommend it. Okay. I just think this film is really blandly no, no. fine. No, That's what it is. It's
1: fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Right? It has, I think, aspects of it that you wouldn't see
0: because it's, it's sold as a comedy
1: and yes. I guess it yeah. is.
0: I got my daughter. My, we watched it as a family. Because it's a family film. Like, sure. My, my wife's like, oh, it's got ghosts and stuff. Like It's a family film. Calm your farm. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, And it was. My daughter watched it. No worries. Because
1: David Harbour is not even... Like, no. he's trying to be scary, but in a funny
0: and way. And the trailer shows immediately that he, you know, he's ineffectually scary. Yes. Yes. Because so.
1: you get laughed at and yep. shit like that. I thought that what was interesting about this one was that the, the supporting characters, primarily the son... Is sort of this introverted musician. Oh, he's the main character. Isn't well, he's, I guess so, yeah. He's the main. Well, yeah, he's not the ghost, I guess. And Anthony Mackey's the big star, but whatever, yeah.
0: So. um Jello ja, Winston. Yeah, I'm not playing I'm, Kevin. I'm unfamiliar
1: with him, but because he was this introverted sort of musician character, he can be sort of interesting as a playoff. And then you've got the girl who's like kind of his neighbor slash whatever. Love interest. Love interest. I actually was sitting there going, I was expecting a piece of shit, but it wasn't that. It was. It was.
0: Fine. Two and a half star. Two and, half,
1: two and a half. Yeah, that's
0: fine. Right around the middle here. Anthony Mackie's the dad in it. And that's interesting casting. He's very stuck up and selfish. and That's what got me because the initially, the you'd think
1: that everyone would be funny in what's ostensibly a comedy, but he's actually got an edge to him. He's actually not not very, like, he starts being quite a hard dad. Yeah, he's
0: not likeable at all.
1: No, he's not likeable. And it's like, Anthony Mackie, that's what and you is got. Is he likeable so.
0: by the end? Uh, maybe slightly more so.
1: Because he's... He's involved in the story well, more and starts he, to promote yeah. the
0: ghost as an online and stuff. Yeah. He's got he, he acknowledges where he, he starts to acknowledge where he's gone wrong, which is which makes someone that's what it more likable.
1: Yeah, the characters in this have some sort of arc, which is quite unusual for a comedy. So there you go. So that's why it's okay.
0: This one's directed by Christopher Landon, who's done. He's got a pretty good pedigree. Most of his films are decent to yeah. good. So he did Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Mm. He did Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day to You. Freaky, which is one of my favorite films of the year that that came out Well, we do sure. like to be the mark one's piece of shit so he mostly skates around this sort of horror sort of circle if Horror-y, you will yes but his next film wayne is a remake of arachnophobia
1: well did you see arachnophobia
0: yeah i saw the movie because paul's got mega arachnophobia yeah. everyone and so wait so
1: he's redoing so he's that he's directing
0: it james wan is producing it and he's written it as well so if the show's still around in the in when that comes out, well, obviously we're going to do it, so you can laugh at me being scared for once. Yeah, eh, we'll theater. see,
1: Paul. I don't know how funny and scary it's going to be. We'll see about that. I'm to slide this one past me. <laughs> obviously, up front, I'm the one's to be. Yeah, that I one. know, I know. It's not like, see, I'm not like
0: you. I don't like watching people suffer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought some element of revenge, but anyway, okay, uh, that's my number seven. I do recommend it if you just want a harmless. Yeah, not at all. It's
1: not bad. It's like it's it's it's
0: yeah, not. It's not that funny. It's not. It's not. But it's not no, like nothing's particularly good in the film, but nothing particularly terrible. Yes, either. I don't think it's bad, and I think you could probably get. Uh, you there. There's one plot beat which is just ridiculous, but anyway, other okay. than that, it's fine. All right. Okay. And the answer to the, to the what was going on was was decent as well. I thought.
1: Okay. All <laughs> right. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, my number seven is a film called
0: Sixty Five. Ah, you did see this. I did see this. Um, ah, so you went to the cinemas to see. Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> What I meant was yes,
1: yes. I meant, absolutely. Um, now, sixty-five has Adam Driver in it, and then like some other people. So it's like <laughs> it's not. It's, he's the only one that I know. Here's what it is, people. Basically, the premise is that sixty-five million years ago, the time of the dinosaurs on Earth, apparently there's lots. You know, there's been like civilizations like way before us, obviously, who were like advanced enough to travel through space and shit. And they look like, like humans. Yes, and they all look like humans. Now, this is. Adam Driver. That tra-
0: the trailer gives this away. By the way, I want to be really clear. Wayne's not giving you a spoiler here. The no, no. trailer it's, says it right, right up front.
1: It's literally the first. There's like screen. There's like the graphics and wording saying that there's always been people who are travelling around. And 65 million years ago, this dude, Adam Driver. I feel
0: like that's such a misstep.
1: Do you imagine imagine a film where? Well, if you're gonna do Battlestar Galactica, right, on this, because in Battlestar Galactica, that's the idea. You think, oh, it's all set in the future. Then it turns out these are the cons who who found Earth. Well, my point. So is, it happened all a long time ago. Yeah,
0: my point is, wouldn't it be interesting if this film was to set up as a sci-fi? Oh, crashes. There's monsters. You don't see them. It turns out, oh, they're dinosaurs. And you w- work it out as you go along through the course of the film. That'd be that'd be fun. It's certainly more fun than this fucking movie was. Right? Okay, you're going to because oh,
1: <laughs> what happened was so the the idea is that Adam Driver is this pilot, right? And he's got a daughter who's ill. Mm-hmm. And him and his wife say, okay, listen, you're going to go do this job, which takes you away from her for two years, but it's going to pay enough to to fix. You know the Fair girl. Enough. You do that, right? so he would do that, and he does Speaking do that as a parent, right? He, definitely, definitely, and even as a non-parent, I agree. Of course, you would do that. Now, what happens is the the ship that he's piloting Crashs. runs into an asteroid
0: field, <laughs> so he fucks up.
1: Well, he doesn't fuck up. He's asleep, but like the, well, the just, no no, no, like, it was hyperspace kind of thing, right? Anyway, it crash lands on Earth sixty five million years enemy, ago. Enemy mine time. Very enemy mine ish, except because it was 65 million years ago, it's dinosaurs everywhere and they're all fucking very dangerous. So he's like in the rough of the Medusa kind of shit, okay? One little girl survives, everyone else dies on the plane, on plane right? And so he's got to take care of her yeah, as sort skip. of a proxy. Should, should have
0: had five or six characters and a few of them get eaten.
1: Yeah, well, that would allow you to watch more people die. But I like, will <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell you this, okay? So scenery-wise, it's quite good, right? The production is high-ish,
0: right? Uh, created by the guys who wrote Quiet Place films from memory.
1: Yeah, uh, I didn't look at that part because I was just going, okay, well, why is everyone ragging on this film, All right, Because everyone is. Everyone is shat on this film. It is effective and grand enough looking to suit, but it's some- what happens is all the way through the movie, they constantly flash back to his daughter, like what he's thinking about his daughter, and it really interrupts the story. Uh, the flow. Yeah, yep. and you're sitting there, mm, okay. And then somehow, about mm, halfway through the movie, I'm going... All the events in this movie, like you say, they don't flow in a way that makes you invested in the film. Yeah, okay. And a lot of the developments seem kind of random and perfunctory, like you're just watching a story without being invested in it. So the problem that they have is that there's a lot of lingering in caves and this casually delivered exposition, and it's kind of annoyingly slow in some places. And what happened to me at right at the beginning of the third act, I'm like... Can we wrap this shit up already? It's a tight 90 minutes, right? It's a tight 90 and it's still slow and it's still weird. And I was going, this is an odd misstep because there's clearly some budget going on here.
0: I really struggle with films that are about a very small or one character. Like there's something out at the moment with Willem Dafoe called Inside. I didn't watch it, but I know the one you're talking about where he's trapped he's tra- inside. He's art. a thief and he gets stuck inside wherever, and he can't get out. And I'm yeah. like... For a hundred minutes, I can't spend that time with one person. It's too claustrophobic, whatever. It's too uncomfortable for me to enjoy.
1: Yeah, it has to be like old boy where he gets out. Yeah. And then that's the movie. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, that, that like kind if of...
0: It's, if it's... flat, I mean, maybe the argument is, if it if was flashing back to show why he went out to rub this and how he became an art thief, maybe that's fine to get some breaks from it. But I would find that just too... So I've stuck... I've still clear of it, even though I'm sure Defoe's performance is excellent. This is just one guy and a girl who survived, right? Yeah. Uh. But also, but you know what? It could have been fine, Paul. Like it could have been fine. It's just that the weirdly, the
1: construction of the film is just doesn't serve the the narrative. It's um, it's almost like someone was competent, like in terms of experience and technical know how and how to make a film. But whoever wrote and put it together this way made it hang in the air, and it just didn't work. So, yep, um, yeah, enough. odd misstep by uh, I guess Adam Driver or whoever did this. But yeah, it was. 65, I don't recommend because it's not interesting enough to keep you interested.
0: There it is. There it is. Okay, my number six is a film I won't talk too much about because it's pretty simple to describe. It's the only foreign film on my list. It's called Project Wolf Hunting. Okay. Watch this one on the plane back from Japan on Singapore Airlines. It is a film which promotes itself as being one of the goriest, bloodiest films ever. Even though it's not a horror film, it is a balls out action film. Are you recommending it? Yes, if you're into this kind of thing, Go but on. again, it's got no characterizations, virtually whatsoever. They throw no less than forty characters on this boat, and in oh. this particular world, a whole bunch of dangerous convicts are being shipped from wherever they're being shipped back to Korea. Conzi, Conair, yeah, it's a little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit Conairy, but they're yeah. on a boat, yeah, and then also being, as it turns out, maybe purposely, whatever else. There's this experiment down below. All this, all the police officers who are in charge here, as well as the boat crew, and there's this experiment down below of some dude who's been kind of Captain America, but in a to be turned into the ultimate killing machine okay. kind of way. Okay, who escapes its prison and goes on a rampage for the ship. So you've got cops and convicts mm. having to team up to survive, except they don't do that particularly well, and it's just. People get wiped out. There are gallons of blood in this movie. Like, where's it from? a uh, Korea. Korea. Okay. Yep. So, Project: will Putting directed by King, Kim Kim Hong Sun. And obviously, I won't go into the the cast from there because it's all names that no one was going to recognize. I didn't recognize a single person in this movie. No. Watched a fair few Korean films, so yeah. No yeah. One had, if no anyone one would,
1: it would be you. Um, do were you entertained the whole time? Paul?
0: No, no. no. I was. I was like, uh, I see what they're going for here, but I needed more. I needed to connect to more of the main characters. I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is this? Yeah, and literally. Do you think this person's the main character? Arm torn off, gets beaten to death with his arm. Oh, oh fuck. Okay, that guy's dead. Jesus, didn't see it. So the the, the props to the film is you're just never sure he's going to make it to the end at all. Okay. By about halfway through the film, you can pick one character who's going to make it to the end, but everyone else is fair fucking game. So hmm. tick to that. But it is 122 minutes. It's too long.
1: There it fucking is. Because I'm gonna- it's
0: trying to establish so much. And by the end, actually, it turns out to be what looks to be like a backdoor... Cinematic Universe set up, and I'm like, oh, no.
1: I feel like making a merch T-shirt in our store that says, the movie was fine, but it was too fucking long. <laughs> it's just like, because it happens so often now.
0: It's too long, I'm talking about the movie, not my penis.
1: <laughs> Sadly, yes. <laughs> um, okay, uh, right, say the uh, title again. Project Wolf Hunt. Project hunting. Wolf Hunt. Final hunting, 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 yep. got it. Good Wolf Hunting. Uh, we, <laughs> uh, my number six is We Have a Ghost, so let's we go back to All you. Right.
0: My number five is a film which, I was middling on when I watched it, but the more I thought about it, I've grown to like it. So I'm recommending this to people who like thrillers. Some market has been marketed as a horror film. It's not a horror film, although some of its content is horrifying. It's called Resurrection, and it stars Rebecca Hall. And the film basically follows, her she's a single mum. Mm-hmm. Do I know her? Yeah, Rebecca Hall. She's been in heaps of shit. Such as The Prestige. Oh. Iron Man 3. The Town. The Nighthouse, The Gift. Oh, her!
1: Yes, I'm a fan
0: of hers. Godzilla versus Kong? Yeah, she's <laughs> a cutie. <laughs> not that that's what this film... No, that's not what it's about. about, Paul. Yeah, it's just. finger smack. tapping there. That's why Wayne was typing a name in while I was <laughs> listing things for him so he didn't have to fingers... Yeah, sorry, can't. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, point is, uh, this film is about her life becoming this threatened utter turmoil when a guy from her past who used to abuse her in this DV kind of sense, domestic violence kind Got of it. sense, Suddenly, pops back in life, and he's played by Tim Roth. He's much older than than she oh. is. And at first, it's kind of like the film is hedging its bets whether does she, it, he? He's like, "What are you talking about? I, I don't know you. Get away from me, woman!" Basically, hmm. and she's getting more and more freaked, like really freaked out by his presence anywhere near. And she's got a teenage daughter, and she's got a she's banging a married dude, and the married dude genuinely seems to care about her, sure. even though he's a piece of shit, obviously, for doing that. But. Yep. And then how her life just unravels because Tim Roth and what goes on from there. I don't want to spoil anything more than that to say, except to say the end of this film is, I've seen people complain about it, but I think it's genius. Really? Genius, how good it is. It's too fucking long, Wayne. At 103 minutes, it's too long. I'll tell you. Too many scenes of her freaking out, losing her mind and unraveling and whatever else, because it gets really bloated and boring for 10, 15 minutes in the center. and And it almost lost me. But I'm glad I stuck it through to the end because, A, her performance, Rebecca Hall's performance, is, is stellar. Mm. Tim Roth's very good. But she is the actual centerpiece in almost every scene in this film. In every scene in this film. Well, she banged it. nails Man. it. Yeah. And, yeah, the ending is a real thinker that will make you kind of... Okay.
1: okay. And you have to make a choice. Really? Of the ending. Yeah. Once again, the name? Resurrection. Resurrection.
0: I and don't... it's bizarre where it goes. And I, it's a spoiler to talk about where it goes. But I really want to. Really? Yeah. In that... Yeah,
1: I'm, I'll put it on the list because I've, I've not seen your Eyes
0: Sparkle in I a little can't. while. I can't talk about it any more All than right. that. I, I think I've set it up enough. For me, it's a three-star film because it's too long and didn't hold my interest well enough. But the central premise and what it's, the story is telling and the performance by Rachel Hall and then the ending is enough to elevate it to that level. I got
1: a message for Hollywood guys. You don't need to put that extra scene oh, in there. God. You need just trim it like a kill fucking your darling. Exactly. Shut it down, people. Anyway, uh, my number five is an apple film. Apple TV, rather. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why was I looking confused? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows exactly? Now it's it's got um, it's called Sharper, Sharper, uh, and by the way, Apple TV is making four hundred
0: million films.
1: I've seen it trailers. Needs, it needs
0: to find its share of the market because it ain't going to work otherwise.
1: God, but this one here is got um, it's got the Winter Soldier in it and also Justice Smith, uh, who was in the Dungeons and Dragons, yep. I believe that fellow, um, and
0: Jurassic World, whatever shit one it was.
1: Yep. It also has Julianne Moore, your favorite. Oh, yeah. And for a bit, it's got John Lithgow in it. Mm, Okay. So what it is, is that this is one of those films. Now, it's a thriller, I guess. And it's about this New York bookstore owner, Justice Smith. He falls in love with this chick who comes in. And then in lots of ways, it's basically one of those movies where you're wondering who is playing who. This movie has a hundred twists in it. Okay? Okay. And it's quite, as it goes on, it does that. And I will tell you that it looks really good. It's a really nice looking film. It is entertaining. As you move through the film, you're like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck? And it's quite, it does that quite well. The problem it has, it's like a neo-noir thriller, a bit. But the problem that it has is in its last act, there is, I guess, the final twist. And you can see it coming a mile away. Right. But all the other ones you couldn't. So it's like, ah, shit. Do I give it points for being good? It, just, it, you, you can't, you, mm. it would what, have been what, great. So it's, a,
0: it's a con film or whatever. Definitely a con film. It is like a what, grifting... His, he's, he's, he's a bookstore owner. He's a bookstore owner, but his dad trying. is a billionaire. Oh, okay. okay? Right, there you go.
1: And it's right. like that kind of thing where it gets higher and higher in the stakes. So it's And also, Julianne Moore is the worst dancer in the world. There's a scene in this where she's <laughs> dancing, and I'm like, man, that's making my penis soft. So it's like... <laughs> Really odd, Paul. Really odd. So, um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Less said about that, the better. Sharper. Sharper. Sharper.
0: Okay, not even heard of it. Yeah, so. I saw
1: the trailer and it looked great. And it, it is good for a while.
0: <laughs> okay, but not recommending it.
1: You know what? If you've got nothing better to do, I recommend this over all the other ones on my list. You you might... <laughs> oh, you, I hope
0: fucking so. Well, you know how it's it is. Paul.
1: Sometimes you don't. Yeah, but no! It's... It's it's better than We Have a Ghost. There you go. Well, okay. Okay. Good.
0: There we are. My number four is a probably one of the lower budget films on my list. It was recommended to me by a couple of different people. I think David might have recommended it to me. And I finally ran to it from 2020. It's called Bloody Hell. <laughs> Bloody <laughs> hell. Go on. It's kind of hard to. It's, I guess, a horror film, but it's a comedy film. So it's a horror comedy. Oh, okay. Maybe comedy horror. It's I'm closer, not closer. You, know, you got me more. Not really sure. I think you might dig this one. Mike. Who's in it? No one. Oh, Ben O'Toole is in it now. Ben O'Toole has been in. He pops up as supporting roles in a lot of different films, like Twelve Strong, Detroit, One of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Okay, and no one else you're going to recognise. Okay. So, but directed right by someone, like Alistair Grierson. So this is a guy, and the opening of the film is he's in a bank. He used to be a soldier, or he's a return vet. And there's a bank robbery, and he decides to be a hero. All right. And the film doesn't really tell you upfront whether or not he's successful. He survives, quite clearly, but he goes to jail. So, okay, gets out of jail, and he decides, well, fuck it, now I'm going to live my life. He's a bit of a celebrity as a result of all this. Uh, okay. And he decides to get away from the press and everything else, and he decides to go to some random place in Europe. And there he runs afoul of a group of kidnappers. Okay. And the device in this film, because it's a lot of him being basically tied to a ceiling beam Oh, and talking to himself. Hmm. So he gets to play the guy who's been beaten and whatever and tied to to the ceiling beam and his confident kind of snarky self and they're playing off each other and it's really good. Really? Surprisingly good. And then when the violence happens, it's really over the top and gory and whatever else. But obviously he's not going to remain tied to that beam for the mm. entire film. Yeah. So, yeah, how the film goes from there, I, the best way I can describe it is imagine Ash yep. being in this scenario. Ash from Evil Dead. Yeah, Evil,
1: so so he, is he smart-alecky? Yeah. Ah, okay, yep. that's, a bit, better. Yep. that's a, a bit better. There's a
0: real kind of vibe to him and, you know, he's, he's a normal-looking dude, but he takes his shit off. He's got big arms and mm. whatever else. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's believable enough as potentially his action hero. I'm skipping around, if you've seen the film, a couple of, critical points here to be as surprised as I was when it goes in the directions that it does okay that's good but it's well worth a watch thorough recommend if you're into this kind of thing it's I can't even say it's too long. 94 minutes there you go.
1: finally <laughs> you know what I'll watch it just to fucking just to fucking like you know
0: reward that particular direction so I enjoyed it it's well worth a check out bloody hell thank you for the recommendations David and someone else in the listener community also recommended the same which is why I got onto it so, ah
1: yeah. very nice alright nice one nice one uh, bloody hell yep Bloody hell, got it. All right, uh, my number four. I kind of watched just to kind of impress Paul. Everyone, boop, 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 it, it boop. is an Korean film, holy Paul. shit, and it's on Netflix and it only dropped uh, very recently. It's called Kill Soon. Bo- yeah, yes. okay. All right, so you know of it? Excellent.
0: I did. It's on my 2 watch list. Ah,
1: okay. But yeah, you're well, not
0: recommending it because you said three is when I maybe might could start recommending. Uh,
1: yes. Here, the, oh, okay. Well, here's. I'll tell you what it's about first. Boxoon, it's a chick, right? She's an attractive single mother in Korea who is highly respected, contract killer, mm-hmm. and she works for an agency called MK Ent, which has it's a it's a it's a really professional hitman agency which has this company culture of white collar sophistication despite the company being about hitman and um, they. People. The, the, Hey? Hit people. Hit people. You're right. Hit people. Mm. Um, hit persons. Uh, and the organization has an employee's code of conduct, uh, and they, their kill assignments are called shows. And when you arrive on the location of the killing, okay. it's called being on set. You know, <laughs> it's, like, it's that kind of thing, all right? All right, all right? So uh, she uh, is, yeah, so single mother. Her daughter's quite cunty. Um, <laughs> and, um, teenager? <laughs> teenager. Oh, sure. teenager yeah, okay, exactly. Um, okay, so here's what I'll say about the film it, there are about three or four. Really, quite inventive. Even five, maybe good action sequences. Okay, good. yeah. There's one really great one. Still, the- would have
0: to be two hours, ten minutes because it's Korean. Yes,
1: that fucking problem. All right. It's this, it's this long and it's the five action scenes don't support it. It needs to be shorter. Okay. But there is one, the one of the scenes is actually, do you remember Bad boys two, right? Where there was that scene where the camera was on sort of a rotating kind of arm
0: either side of the wall. Yeah.
1: There's a scene like that in here, except it's a beating up scene with like four or five different people beating the shit out of each other. And it's really good. Cool. So that is cool. However, Two hours and seventeen minutes long. It doesn't support it. So there are some genuinely inventive fight scene ideas here. I would even say that the action is. It can get hokey in places with all the slow mo, but as a rule, better than you would expect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it's lacking the big thing, and that is that the 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 the, the it's a lot of dialogue, right? Mm. And the dialogue isn't that good. Okay. So. And also, it's asking you to throw in with the moral sort of quandary of this woman and the way she's dealing with her company, except she's a fucking serial killer, so it doesn't... Like, she's a multiple murderer, so you can't quite get that. It would be better if they had made her have some sort of conciliatory kind of, like, like you know, something you could get behind that's yep. just trying to get better, but they didn't do that. It's just a bunch of killers, and you're like, which killer do I throw in with? Uh, none of them. They're all killers. So <laughs> that's the only problem with it. However, it is as close as I get to a recommend. If it was 90 minutes... Straight recommend
0: or straight maybe, maybe hundred, but yeah, okay. Korean films are often I why think, are these generally too long? Yeah, what the fuck? Anyway, I will see it nonetheless because I think there's enough there you've described that probably floats my boat. So. She's lovely.
1: She's lovely. the the the, the Korean actress whose whose um her name is Jion Do. Fuck it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this <stupid> thing <laughs> ate my bag, <back>, baby. <laughs> Are gonna no. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do? She is known, I'm red, oh for, her, for, her, um, for her um, dramatic Korean roles. I would like
0: to apologize <laughs> to all the Korean-speaking people that listen to our that's podcast. Not, that's
1: not a knock on name. It's a knock all on my- All six of you. Hang on. Paul, who fucks up everyone's yes. name, is all on my dick about this. Well, I don't just or. go
0: suck a dick halfway through saying it.
1: John Do-yon. That's what I think her name is. That's how I think how they say it. <laughs> I know it sounds a little racist even when I say it, but that's just what I'm saying. Anyway. Okay. Uh,
0: right. So there you are. Kill Boksoon. Soon, that's everyone. That's because you're like adding this like slur like, not done. Hey, I, that's how,
1: that's how, I'm sure that's how it's said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. There you are. Kill there Soon, everyone. Uh, <laughs>
0: I'm glad you checked that one out. My number three is could not be any further away from if we tried. And I'm surprised I enjoyed this one so much. My wife checked out and was bored and falling asleep by the end of this one. But I was invested and I wanted to see where it went. Again, there's irony all about this one because it's called Women Talking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and your wife checked out of it. She did. Damn. She did. You, uh, wow. This oh, one, shit. This, Talk, so many jokes. I, can't I know. Keep, <laughs> going, keep going. why keep going, keep
0: so I got in first.
1: Keep okay, going. Thank you. Fair enough. Well done.
0: Directed by actress Sarah Polly, oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. this one was nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards that have just passed. I think it won Best Adapted Screenplay from Memory because I don't think it's it's made itself. It's based on a book. I really? Doth believe. And Sarah Polly wrote the script, and it basically follows. And it's award winning. It's this. Uh, it's, it is based on something else. Absolutely. Is. I can't remember if it was a book or another film in European film. Uh, yeah, it's based on a book called is Talking.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. Go on, <laughs> please. How did you have that up there? I'm kidding.
0: And then I realised, right. Yep. Anyway, this follows a group of women in an isolated religious colony, and they have been for years sexually assaulted by the men of the colony, and have been told the whole way along that's demons are doing. So they come, they basically break into their rooms at night if they're not what? married and sexually assault them, and they're told, no, 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 that's because the demons came for you because you're not pure enough.
1: Oh fuck!
0: Basically. And so once they've realised this is bullshit because they managed to catch one of these guys who did it and call the police and that guy was sent to prison, the senior members of of the women in the community come together to decide what they're going to do next. And that's this whole film. Hmm. They're meeting in a barn. The men have left them alone. wow. So fully expecting them to come around to the idea of, oh, well, we'll just get on with it. Sorry. And they're like, well, our options are stay and put up with it, which is what the men want. Leave. And start our lives anew elsewhere, or go to the police, uh, formally fight this as, as hard as we can. Where's
1: it set? Here uh, America?
0: Well, it's I think it's sent, set contemporaneously, but because mm. they are like kind of think of like the brethren or yeah, yeah, yeah. Amish people. Yep, yep. Okay. So no, kind of, yeah. Okay, like, yeah, so there's yeah, yeah. no power and whatever else okay. and, and the like. They are very sort of back in yeah. back in time and everything else. Hmm. It's fascinating. Really? fascinating. So how do you make... Because I remember John Carpenter once saying in a commentary for The Thing, saying the hardest thing to shoot as a director is a bunch of people in a room having a conversation. Of course.
1: You move that camera around, keep people... Yeah, how do you sh- keep
0: people engaged? Just, you know, over-shoulder, over-shoulder, will bore people to death. You've got to find different ways of doing it.
1: That's why they invented the dirty over, Paul. Which is an over-the-shoulder shot where you can see the shoulder right. of someone in the... Yep. Yeah. But go on, yeah, please go. And
0: on. Sarah Polley has, I think, some unique ways of kind of demonstrating this. She moves the camera at times in a really interesting kind of unpredictable way, which helps the film. Great. But the performance is here from a cast which includes... Rudy Mara, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, Ben Wishaw. He's the one man who's basically in this film throughout. He is one of the... Because the women aren't allowed to learn to read and write. Oh. Film. So he is a sympathetic man. He's, a, he's an ally. Yeah, he exactly. Who is a teacher, was a teacher. He left the community, come back to the community. And so he's charged with just recording what takes place here. Hmm. And not to offer comment or whatever else. And he really got a thing for Rudy Mara's character. Sure. So, although he's a good bloke, yeah, he's not going to Francis McDormand as well in it, and then a bunch of other women as well. I've never heard of this mate. Yeah, look, look, non-African boys, you probably have heard about. Just skipped over when you were reading Mm. about it because you saw the weird women and talking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I get enough of that in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Jesus! Okay, sorry. Go on.
0: Yeah, this one seems to be quite polarizing as well. If I look at the letterbox score, it does have an average score of three point eight. But again, I see some people with really low scores. And for me it's like a 70 film. It's not my genre of film but I really appreciate what no, they're going for. I'm, we're I'm impressed that and you've I thought, uh... I thought like you know I was engaged the whole time and so big ticks women talking I recommend wholeheartedly.
1: Nice one. Nice one. My number 3 is a film that no one likes but me. Oh dear. Yeah, so like take this any which way you can uh, people. Hold on, hold on, soundboard. <laughs> All right, it's called The Old Way and it's a Nick Cage film. It's his latest film in fact. And Oh western?
0: Yeah, it's a Western. I've heard of it, don't say anything about it. Right. Okay. So here's what Sound it is. Soundboard away, carry on.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicholas Cage plays this retired gunslinger named Colton Briggs who uh faces the consequences of his past. Like it's it's a little bit like Unforgiven, where he used to be this dude who just killed all these motherfuckers. Not in an evil way necessarily, but kind of in an evil way. He's not a good man, shall we say. But he then got married and had a kid. And softened. Softened, exactly. And then Both um, his outlook on life and his penis. Exactly. Um yeah. But what happens is, like, he's now living his life in this farmstead with his wife and his kid. But then, one of the kids of the people that he killed in the past, justifiably a bit, but fair enough, right? Shoot, my dad, I'm going to come for you. Yep. He f- he comes across him because, you know, it's In- the In- old west and there's In- no In- fucking yellow pages. Inigo In- In- more toys, is A little bit. Yeah. And he comes along and... um, But he's a really bad guy. Like, this kid has t- grown up to be a pissy, shitty, county gun, like, outlaw kind of thing. And he's got a group of crackers with him, including Moose from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> and <laughs> that... I- and I'm not going to say any more because there's a... a I'm not sure what that
0: actor's name is, but if you do listen to this... <laughs> I'm sure you will appreciate Wayne was the only person in the universe that actually identified you. Trust
1: me, he's happy if you heard this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so it ends up being a little bit... It's The, the female, his little daughter actor is really good. Okay. It's really, really good. Things you don't normally hear. Exactly. So that's why I kind of like this film. And I actually liked the whole thing. I'm like, this is pretty good. It's not a surprising film. It's not like a massively wicked. Thing. But I thought this was, as Nicolas Cage goes, he's actually doing... Uh, another reasonable
0: film how many times do they play John Bon Jovi's place of Glory not even once
1: fuck not even
0: once but um, well they couldn't afford it Paul it's a Nicolas
1: Cage B film you know what I'm saying but because I think the only other guy in it no nope, there's no the only other guy in it that I recognise is the guy who was the sheriff in Justified like the like may have
0: sounded forced but now I have a song to go
1: out on okay <laughs> well done I see game. Um I will tell you this that What's interesting about the show is that because Nicolas Cage, you would probably look at it and go, oh, he's some kind of psych. Because he has very little emotion, mm. uh, which might befit a cold blooded killer who now has grown up older. As you go through the film and you see what happens, you slowly dawns upon you that his daughter is the same. Like she's oddly not moved by a lot of things that should move her. And so he sort of teaches her how to shoot a little bit. It's that kind of thing. It's a little, uh, well, there's a movie that I can't remember the name of. Anna? Anyway, that is a bit like that. But it's overall not groundbreaking, but I genuinely enjoy it. People online are giving it, let's see, 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, average rating 5.1 out of 10. Uh, everyone thinks it's another Nicolas Cage piece of shit. What do you think? I think the it's, it's, there's not one Bangkok Dangerous about this. I think it's actually quite good. <laughs> score, cool. score, 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 score.
0: Score, 68. Okay. Yeah, almost right, so so well, three and a half stars. Yeah. Fair enough. That's about right. where I am on my three and, and also my number two, which is. The other foreign film on my list, this is a Indonesian horror film directed by Joko Anwar. It's called Satan Slaves 2, Colin <laughs> Communion. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, Paul, tell me. This one is also streaming on Shutter, and would thoroughly <laughs> recommend if you're a horror film fan to check it out. All right, let's hear about it. So obviously it follows Satan Slaves, the first one. That film <laughs> follows a family who are suddenly targeted when the mother, who was a famous singer, she uh, dies. Yep. And then this culty group of people seem to be stalking the fuck out of them and supernatural shit starts happening in their home and the grandmother gets killed and holy shit, things are happening. I won't spoil the end of that film, but this sequel picks up where they've moved away from that town, the survived members of the family, and they set up shop in this tower, kind of communal kind of tower, low low budget, not, not the greatest place in the world to, to live, but it's kind of in the middle of nowhere
1: is it set in Indonesia?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And there is this apartment building, and then shit starts going south yet mm. again. So, all I can say is this this is genuinely got some scares to it. And for a film to give me Football shiver down that. the back of my throat, the throat, the back of my neck, that's saying something.
1: Yeah. That's your So, there's a real
0: atmosphere to this film, and there's this absolutely incredibly awesome build up sequence in the middle of the movie. Which I won't spoil what it's building to and whatever else, but mm. there's carnage that follows, and then after that, there's lots of corpses, and there's people interacting with the corpses, and it's disturbing as all fuck, and not in a disgraceful, disgusting way, just like you know that corpse is going to do something and move and whatever else when they're in the room and not looking. All right, it sounds that, like a bit of a bit of a shit.
1: feat, direction-wise and writing-wise.
0: And the strange part about this this film is that it it was there was an original like 1980 horror film called Satan Slaves, and they've kind of remade. Slash also made it a sequel. Oh. And so Satan Slave 2 is a further sequel to that, because there's these two characters that pop out out of fucking nowhere and, and it makes from that no sense. It turns out they are, I did a lot of reading online about this. It turns out they're from that film. So if you're not familiar with the original original, you're kind of left scratching your head a little bit. But that's okay because it doesn't matter. It's scary at times and there's some really cool sequences in it. And yeah, the film's not afraid to off major characters, which is a big tick in my book.
1: You know, I think when you're when you're making, I mean, horror movies aside, like uh, any kind of movie that has a so, some pedigree in an old old thing, you should aim as a writer to go, okay, well, these two characters are actually from that thing, but you don't need to know that thing to enjoy yeah, this. Yeah, you
0: can still get away with not knowing that. Yeah. But it, for me, being a bit no, of but a, it gives you a bit of step as yeah. a screen. Well, not as a screenwriter, but as someone who likes to write. also, yeah. I'm like, well, that that doesn't make any sense. They need to have anyway, so that I found yeah. it. There is a third one coming, I believe. It's been green lit, so mm. this is not the end of it. So just know that going in as well. It doesn't give you a nice, nice wraparound ending.
1: Okay. What's the business of these films? It's like obviously streaming only, right? So obviously, yeah.
0: I mean, here I, mean, I think it made a lot of money in Indonesia. Yeah, it might have been released in Indonesia. Yeah. So they obviously come with a with a smaller budget than a Hollywood film course, or other course. big film industries around the world. But therefore, all the more impressive for it because yeah, this guy really knows how to film something that's scary. It's a big difference between being able to tell a scary story. I feel and being able to translate that scary story into something that that is scary on Mm. film. Yeah. And this guy can do it. So, yeah, he did another film called Impedagore, which I wasn't as impressed with, though it has an excellent opening 10, 15 minutes. That's his most famous sort of film. But, uh, yeah, well worth checking out the two Satan Slaves films. And this one, the second, for me, was better than the first.
1: Okay. My number two is Tetris. Oh,
0: wow. Yes.
1: No, I like this film. Okay. So, everyone, Tetris is presented as a true story. And I guess it is a true story because what happens in the film actually did happen in real life in terms of he got uh, Tetris shipped with the Game Boy and things like that that happens. But uh, it's about this guy named Hink Rogers, H-E-N-K. And he discovers Tetris in 1988. It was invented in Russia by this, like, you know, just like a low-level programmer in some fucking gulag or whatever (laughs) rocker and he risks everything by traveling to the soviet union he's he's got his own little games company but it's a tiny little games company and it's against big billionaire games like in the 80s like companies uh that used to always compete for stuff and this is the story of him going there to bring the game to the masses much much better than i thought it would be it is basically surprisingly entertaining quite fun There's a lot of 8 bit sprite graphics, kind of pixel based representation, kind of peppered throughout the thing. And like the movie is not, it's not like chapter 1, 2, 3. It's level 1, 2, 3. It's that. Just charming. Like that, I wouldn't expect that to be charming, but there you are. You do not have to be a video game nut to enjoy this. Oh, not at all. Not at all. In fact, I only barely know. I've played Tetris once or twice, maybe, right? So I don't know shit about it. I'm not that guy. But it is neat to kind of see the history of the game and how Game Boy was introduced. Uh, But then it turns into what I would call. Half a business thriller and half a kind of a spy thriller without anyone actually being a spy spy. Yeah,
0: I knew you would love this shit. Yeah, the tone. Basis.
1: But the, the thing is, though, the tone is actually very even and good. And even though by the end you're watching some, it starts as like a sort of like a businessy, like, hey, we're talking about games and at games conferences and stuff. And at the end, it turns into sort of a Cold War arms um, KGB shit kind of thing. Yeah. The lighthearted, enjoyable tone was somehow not in not compromised by that sort of, to me, uh, that ending. You do feel the intensity of it, but to its core, it's an underdog story. So this one guy who wants this deal to happen, but he's going up against douchebag billionaires and big companies and Iron Curtain and shit like that.
0: Call me Mr. whatever the fuck his name is.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that was it. So good music in the movie because it's very 80s. So there's a lot of 80s music and I quite like that because I'm an old man. But Do-do-do-do. did you... I know Paul... Do-do-do-do-do. That's it. So pa- you, you've you seen it. Did you get... I didn't
0: get to... It? I got half an hour to go. And my full intention was to finish watching it half an hour maybe sticking on my list today. I'm now glad I didn't. So I've, I've not seen it all. all. Here's I'll, my my one... Please. Editorial to your, re, your review. I think the first 45 minutes of the film is really great mm. really great I'm like wow this is really really good and it's got the right tone I think the next 45 minutes is nowhere near as good
1: interesting because mm. I didn't mind the, the second so half I of the I want to see film. whether or
0: not it, it lands it sticks the landing or it doesn't let me ask you this
1: in what you've seen have you seen a car chase no okay it must be coming up to that when you come up to it they make a decision with that car chase graphically I would like your opinion when you've seen it to tell me whether you think that works or not that's all I'll say okay Okay. Right. yep um, so, yes, but I actually really, really liked it. And again, I was expecting nothing. So, this film here, I'm like, oh, okay, well, it was kind of cool. So should, you
0: should probably mention Taron Egerton. Then, uh, Sorry, Taron lead. Egerton, yes, is the lead. Because he's the guy that gives the film its heart. and Definitely.
1: And I can see why this guy keeps getting leading roles. Mm. I know you loved Robin Hood.
0: <laughs> Fuck that movie.
1: But I actually think Taron Egerton, because like I, I, I only ever heard about him in The Kingsman. Yeah. I'd never seen him before that. And it's true, he is charming. He has got something that, that he brings to these roles. So, he's uh, yeah, he's definitely good, and I can see why he still works. But Tetris, I do recommend.
0: Yeah. All right, nicely done, sir. Then let's just run it back through very quickly before revealing my number one, the best film I've seen of this lot. Number 10, The Outward. Number nine, Savage Salvation. Number eight, Mind Cage. There's your John Malkovich double. Number seven, we have a ghost. Number six, Project Wolf Hunting. Five, Resurrection. Four, Bloody Hell. Three, women talking. Two, Satan's Slave, colon, Communion. And my number one, genuinely surprisingly. Go on. I wasn't reluctant to see this film. I was keen to see it. I think we got invited to the screen. We couldn't make it. It was a busy week. It is the pseudo-sequel in a very clever way to a film called Searching with John Cho. back oh, in yeah. the middle, A screen-based thriller. This is the follow-up called Missing. All right. I, I know of Searching. I saw it. Missing is as good, if not, to my mind, better. Really? Because that film searching for my memory, I gave them both. I gave that three and a half stars. I've decided to give this four stars because (gasps) it blew my mind to a degree of how much I liked the plot developments in this movie. Like, oh, that works. That works. That works. That works. And that works. Okay. Yeah. Phil, well done. You've told a good story here. I am on board.
1: Was searching not like about like sort of like social media-ish?
0: Yeah. It's it's all screen-based. It's just following what's happening on the screen. Yeah. John Cho's computer or or he logs into his daughter's computer and and away it goes. This film does a number of things which are really clever. If you've seen that film and remember searching, Mm -hmm. including making reference to the events of that film as being like a reality TV show made about the events of that film. Okay. So it exists in the same universe. Yep in a weird kind of different Spiritual way. sequel, yep. And this stars Storm Reed, who you might remember from very recently as being Bella's... Uh, Bella Ramsey is the, the actor's name. Um, Ellie's girlfriend slash friend in The Last of Us. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yep, that So can she's, American girl? Yep, yep. she's the
0: main character. And it basically, instead of this time, a daughter or a kid disappearing, mum disappears.
1: Okay, nice twist.
0: And she's trying to find mum through tracking shit on Google, for example which is scary how much Google stores about you by the way. Oh yeah. Which oh, yeah. if nothing else this film will really alert you to. Is
1: um is it screen based as well?
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Except and here's where the one knock on the film comes. Yeah. They at times write themselves into a corner where they can't show screen based. So they start going to shit like, you know, cops, cameras or whatever else. So they've they've kind of taken the next step outside. That's okay. They need to keep you interested. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or you, you know, jumping to security feeds and stuff like That's that. That's
1: okay. It's still a screen. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it, it, to me it felt... Is bit... it presented as, as footage or is it like you go into that scene? No, no, it's presented as footage. Okay, all right.
0: So just, but somehow someone well, cuts from that like to the, that to this to that. No, they can't possibly be. Okay. Do you know what I mean? All right, all right. So it doesn't work at that level for me. But other well, it than that, didn't ruin it for you. No, other than that, this film is is phenomenal, and I don't want to spoil anything more than that. Again, I want to emphasize: if you remember the first film, this film sets you going in a way that will benefit you. I'm going to be vague and leave it at that. Interesting. And if you've seen the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you remember the first two films, you'll remember what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. First That's two interesting. Films, the only two films.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice That's one. number one. Missing. Nice one. My 10 to 1 goes like this. 10, Marlowe. Huh. 9, Murder <laughs> Mystery 2. 8, Die Hard. 7, 65. 6, We Have a Ghost. 5, Sharper. 4, Kill boxoon, 3, The Old Way. Two is Tetris, and my number one, Paul, you can basically take a break here, because this movie is absolutely not for you. Okay. It is called Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Now, this is oh, a- Oh, this is we're Emma Thompson bangs yeah, that's a young right. man. Emma Thompson bangs Wayne. a young man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I knew you would make these jokes, by the way. So,
0: <laughs> Have at it, my this friend. Wayne's like, it. what?
1: No.
0: <laughs> and then he's like,
1: ballsy. Uh, Stupid, but ballsy. And then All he's right. like,
0: how do I get a direction that can do this? <laughs> Emma Thompson, Wayne is ready.
1: I, I I do think she's a very attractive older lady. Uh, now, okay, so basically, it's about this. So Emma Thompson plays a, a retired widow named Nancy Stokes, and she hires a good-looking young sex worker, calling himself Leo Grand, sex worker, it, sex worker, uh, in the hopes of enjoying a night of pleasure and self-discovery after an unfulfilled married life. Now, Paul, she has had the type of life which perhaps is befits a, a good portion of the elderly British class where she was sexually repressed by one marriage. She's only ever been with one guy. He was not particularly sexual. He had very staunch views on sexuality. Uh, and she. How am
0: I supposed to perform every Wednesday on the third Wednesday of the month?
1: <laughs> a little bit like that. He, she even said that her husband didn't even like her blowing him because he thought it demeaned her. Shit like that. It's a really weird thing. And of course, Paul, she has never had an orgasm. And there are women like that, although none of men, if you know what I'm saying, but no, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs)
0: The platinum level of the Patreon feed (laughs) remains.
1: And as as a result, she's actually scared of sex. So when she brings this guy in, she has all kinds of problems in trying to awaken herself. And he's a very understanding male escort. And the whole push about the film is that the reason it's worth recommending, if you ask me, is it shows this old woman in a totally new light where she's sort of it's not just like still like it's a groove back all of the actual <laughs> interplaces like with with getting like them talking in a room it's it's just conversation it's just a dialogue film but it's a very brave role for emma thompson because she is doing this thing where she nails the actual role of being this you know repressed oh, sure or something she does eventually get nailed right but what happens is what kind of i think it took courage for her because towards the end there's actually like she just takes, like, she gets a fucking full kid off, right? Burger, everything, right? And she's standing there in this sort of- Why is that number one? No, she's like, <laughs> I'm guessing she's got to be 65 or something like that. I don't, know. I don't know i don't know right but and it's like a really lingering shot of it on her and it sort of shows how she feels about her body and how she's because she was before she couldn't even unbutton anything you know like that kind of thing yeah so that's a real sign yeah, yeah and so like it and the, the, finding out the character of what happens to the guy and why he was this way and why she's this way and how this turns out and stuff i thought it actually oddly uplifting and kind of like really cool and i'm like this is kind of like i've I guess I don't know I don't even, like I said I haven't met anyone like this but like to see that and to see how it works out and the way it was shot and made for it to be a, just
0: a two person kind of thing
1: it was really entertaining and fun okay. and I really liked it so right, there you yes. go
0: some surprising ones on today's there you go. from there you go. us uh, we hope we found something for you to enjoy over the next month or two before we come back around to this type of show again but uh, we also want to hear what you have to say about uh, films you've recently watched and that's how we wrap up every show it's called The Pop Ten Talk, talk about, about. Pop 10. talk about. Pop 10. Kicking off this week's pop ten with top level patron of the show, Si or Wazow, He said, right, well, he gave it three or four reviews. I am going to give you the one. The first one he wrote here, which is half right. John Wick chapter four, long but entertaining action flick. We got the entertaining part <laughs> right. It's long." Chris Sutherland said, "The only thing I've really seen is Super Mario. Was great. Great casting. Fun movie. Must see for the kids. Really? Hmm. There you go. Thank okay, you out, Chris." All right. Mary Clement Hill said, Tetris was some fun, intriguing, retro net Nintendo eye candy with a big bam of dark gorbachev Russianness." I agree. Luke Alexander said, Mrs. Maybe Watch, Where the Crawdads Sing. Two hours of boredom with a tiny pipe at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one. It wasn't that we bad. talked about it on the last and yeah, la- yeah, last and yeah, somewhere yeah, in the past. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Mina Harker, aka Dan, another patron of the show, said, Watch Chopping Ball on Tubi. Loved the campiness, although the squiggly electricity effects were pretty cringe. Wait, what was that? It's a 1980, honestly, six film called Chopping Mall, which is kind of fun. It's like okay. a B-grade horror film oh, where okay. sentient security robots go rogue with a electrical storm and start killing people who are broken in, people, teenagers who are broken in okay. to spend the night at the mall. Gear Crow mentioned her earlier in the show, said, I put randomly the outfit on and was super impressed. A tight, single location crime mystery film with an incredible performance by Mark Rylance.
1: Oh, the Zoo Defino one? That's yes. a good film. No,
0: Mark Rylance one, but yes. And Zooey. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: not the main thing. Uh, you, know, you know, the outfit. No, that's a good movie. You should definitely check
0: that out. It was very, very good. Christopher Sillette also gave a few reviews. So I'm going to give you first one here. Bombshell. Really enjoyable movie with Charlize Theron, Kidman, and Margot Robbie killing it in their roles as Fox News personnel. Hell
1: yes. That movie fucking slaps and it's wicked and it's so stylish. It was not
0: bad. I don't remember loving it the way that you've I, just described it. I saw the
1: trailer and I was like, that looks like one of the best movies ever. Just looking at the trailer. Check it out. Bombshell.
0: Jesse Dixon said, Missing was so good. My movie of the year. Before I watched John Wick 4, of course. <laughs> Jesse, you are cut from the same cloth. Thank you for yeah, that. True that. Troy Spinner said, John Wick Chapter 4 is easily the movie of the year and anyone doesn't think so, Wayne is smoking rocks.
1: It's still, <laughs> it's still going on now, Troy. It hasn't fucking finished.
0: <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Jamie Davies says, Tetris, who knew the licensing, licensing of an 80s video game could be this exciting? I agree. Matt Evans said, good. Up in the Air, George Clooney movie I seem to have missed from 2009. Bad. There's something in the Palaga. It's chitty Aussie found movie, found footage, sorry, thriller, horror.
1: Up yeah. in the Air is the bomb. I
0: love that film. Charles Gretz said, John Wick, chapter four. Brilliant, greatest action movie franchise. I do agree. Thank you, Charles. Sucker Dick Wayne. I feel like you're cherry picking these, but anyway. No, this is every <laughs> single one that we got this week. And lastly, Nick Orton said, champion starring Woody Harrelson, which is a review that we have recorded. Well, I did, Wayne, didn't get Mm -hmm. to see that one. Might drop it to Patreon feed for everyone to check out there. Usual premise where a high-level professional coach does something wrong and ends up coaching a team, in this case, with intellectual disabilities. Surprised at low ratings, I found it funny, sad, heartwarming, and a lot of fun. Do you agree? Uh, Oh, well, Check out the Patreon review if you want to. Don't like it as much as Nick, let's put it that way, but it's not terrible. Okay. Not terrible. That's it for this week's Top 10 Last 10. We hope you've got plenty of things to watch and or avoid. Avoid. Wayne, how do the good folk get in touch with us?
1: You should Google us and find all our socials or check out our website, thecountdownpodcast.com or send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Follow us on Podbean. We host the show... The Facebook community links in the show notes to get involved in all discussions with the great folk who are there, Wayne. 4.20 next week. That should be your clue. What are we doing? Some stoner shit. I yes. Top 10 stoner films. Now, this, we did this a long time ago. Like, like 360 episodes ago. Good. For, for those playing at home, that's somewhere in the order of five years ago. So we've got a lot more shit here. Do you want to expand and say top 10 stoner things to watch? So Yeah. Let's include TV. My, okay. I don't not YouTube videos. No, no, no. Movies or we'll movies or TV. Yeah, let's yeah? do that. Yeah, let's cool. make that? it a little different. Yeah. Let's do okay. That. That's our list for next week, which we're recording on the sixteenth. We'll come out pretty close to the twentieth. I'm pretty sure. There you go. Four twenty, baby. Might be one day late for 21, 21st. But in America, because we drop at eight o'clock in the morning, it will be four twenty. Oh, that's Perfect. Perfect. We thank you to Christiani who pointed out that absolute coincidence. Beautiful. That uh, has worked perfectly. That's what's happening next week on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Paul. My name is
1: Wayne. And this
0: has been the Soundboard Hot Damn to how well next week is working in terms of timing. <laughs> we'll catch it next time.
1: See ya.